I am your host, Mike Pernice. Today, joining me on the stoop is a former Naval Academy graduate and successful Houston-based entrepreneur, investor, and music artist, Aaron Davis. Aaron, thank you for stopping by the stoop today, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, it's always good to uh, be amongst creatives and people who are, you know what I'm saying, supporters um, of creativity. So it's always, you know, good energy, man. So I'm feeling good. Awesome, man. Again, thank you so much for stopping by. I truly take this as a privilege to have you on. Um, I am one who truly admires the Naval Academy. It was a process that I went through in high school trying to get in, unfortunately, due to some personal injuries that I sustained from my years of playing football. I was denied uh, to DOJ medically, so that kind of cut my career there short. But all said and said, I am a Naval Academy uh, fan, love the football team. Um, my coach actually in high school was from the Naval Academy, he graduated back in the 90s and played on the sprint team. Yeah, that's cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with, uh, with sprint football, you know, shout out, shout out to them for real. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, you know, give like a brief overview of your life and career so the audience can get to know you. Yeah, man. So um, I'm Aaron Davis. I'm known to some by Trill Columbus. Um, and uh, I am an artist, entrepreneur, and investor from Houston, Texas. So I was born and raised in uh, Houston, Texas, went to high school in a suburb of Houston. Um, Drake actually talks about it, Paraland. And he says, you know, shot included in Paraland. He's talking about suburbs of Houston, which is where I grew up. Um, so I played football at a school called Glenda Dawson High School. We're actually the first, I was the first graduating class there. Um, so I feel like that kind of gave me some some extra exposure to like leadership in a way, looking back. But um, I did that first graduating class, accepted a nomination to attend the Naval Academy um, where I played. I was a three year letterman. So I played on varsity from sophomore to uh, my senior year. Mm -hmm. um, that was a very unique experience. I always feel like especially working with artists, um, believe it or not, people are usually surprised to hear that I'm an artist after, uh, you know, hearing that I went to the Naval Academy because it is such a strict system. Right. So um, I actually just dropped my little sister off like to college at Baylor and she was really nervous. Mm -hmm. And she asked me, uh, you know, was this like anything like your college experience? <laughs> Maybe like 3%, right. you know? <laughs> like, Y'all have registration and we have registration and that's about it. Um, but that was, a, you know, definitely a fun experience. So uh, went there, graduated there. And then whenever um, I had been in the Navy as an officer, a commissioned officer for two years, um, I founded Urban Astronauts, which is, uh, you know, my parent company now. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a marketing agency. And what we do is we partner alongside um, different companies. And one of the companies we partnered alongside um, was an e-commerce automation agency and then another Airbnb holdings company, which kind of got me into um, to investing, right? Um, 
But as far as music goes, man, I've been writing music since I was nine years old. It's been my first love, um, you know, for as long as I can remember. Even for Christmas, I used to ask my dad to give me, you know, Yin Yang Twins albums, you know, um, and like CD players. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely been a fun journey. Uh, I just got out of the military nine months ago, um, you know, became a full-time entrepreneur artist. So I love my life in Houston, man. It really has been uh, incredible to have so many different experiences, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, thank you for your service that you've provided to us. Um, and also, too, when it comes to the impact, right, that the Naval Academy had on you in terms of not just, like, your musical career and this career outside of music, but also just, like, personally, what was it like going through the process, everything? Uh, just walk me through the life of a midshipman? Yeah, so I think the best way uh, to answer this question is always to go through our schedule, right? So mm -hmm. um, as a midshipman, you're usually waking up every day uh, between 5.45 and, and 6.15. Um, if you're a freshman, you have what's called chow calls. So every day, freshmen have to memorize the entire menu and stand outside doors of the upperclassmen and recite the menu in its entirety from butter packets to 2% milk um, to everything, right? And so if you're an upperclassman, every day you're woken up, with, they call them child calls, right? Yeah. So wake up in the morning, you go eat to the cafeteria, usually 6 to 6.45. Um, and if you're playing football, your day sometimes getting start earlier than that, depending on if you have treatment or not. We'll usually meet up everybody at 7 a.m. Um, you go to class from 7.45 to 11-ish. Uh, if you're a football player, you watch film. So for us, we had we would eat lunch really fast, go watch meetings for an hour, go back to class for around 12.30 to 3.45, practice from 4 to 7, study hall from 7 to 10, and then um, obviously bedtime for the next morning. And, you know, you have a few things sprinkled in between, like we would have swimming sessions. Uh, if you, let's say, struggled with swimming or, you know, martial arts or boxing, they would have remedial courses even earlier than that, maybe 5 a.m. to 6, eat from 6 to 7. So, um, but certainly not a lot of sleep in days. <laughs> yeah. Was that schedule like a seven day a week schedule or on weekends did you have like time to like go off base or was that something that you earned as like you became like, you know, a sophomore, junior, senior? Yeah, that's perfectly said. It's definitely a, uh, you have to earn your keep and you earn it by your length of stay. So as a freshman, you go through that Monday through Friday and then Saturday, you have a series of like, like actually on Friday nights, you have what's called a professional knowledge quiz. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking about the, the difference between the Naval Academy and other institutions. Let's say you go to an academically challenging institution. Um, they're going to hit you hard academically. But the Naval Academy, you have to know there's a military subcomponent. There's a fitness component, and then there's an academic component, and they're all hitting you from all angles. So on Fridays, freshmen, you have to take what's called professional knowledge quizzes, and they give you this like these packets of information that you have to memorize on weapon systems, ship capabilities, things like that. On Saturday, um, you have you know different trainings and things like that, and they usually they give you Sunday off, right? But as you get older, you get more and more free time. Um, and they even allow you, which was big, you're going to get really shocked about this, but they even let seniors go off campus a little bit, like on Thursdays. It was a really big deal. You can't go like off campus, off campus, but they have yeah. like a little officer's club that serves beer. And that was, you know, you have to be in a certain uniform, but that was really big for us. You know, we had never been able to go out during the week, like ever. 
So now, now, was that something like a privilege that was earned through like, you know, doing well in the classroom or on the uh, football field, or was this just something that was earned because of your prestige? Uh, it's definitely um, a seniority based hierarchical kind of organization. So the older you get, the call them firsties, first, like first class machinery, right? Seniors um, get that privilege. But I will say, yeah, like quickly, if you're struggling in academics or discipline, let's say you're late to things all the time. Yeah, you're, that's the first thing they do is start taking things away. So yeah, you definitely can't exercise any privileges, um, you know, if, if you're deficient in any area. <laughs> right, know, right. Now you said that you were a three-time letterman with the football team. So obviously the biggest game of the year is the Army-Navy game. So just talk to me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, it, it was very interesting because in high school, when you're getting recruited, like, the thing that made me go to Navy was at that time, Ohio State was my favorite, like, college. So I was a big old Buckeye fan. And I saw Navy play Ohio State when I was a junior or senior in high school. But they actually almost upset Terrell Pryor, like, in the Buckeyes in the horseshoe. I remember that game. We took it, like, all the way down to where it was tied. Or they tried to go for two to tie it and threw a big six at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But I thought they played Ohio State again. Like, they were going to play in my senior year. So that was a really big game, like Notre Dame, Ohio State. Right. But then, you know, whenever I got into the program, I saw, I finally understood, I started tapping into the history and the historical significance mm-hmm. of Navy, Notre Dame, and Army, Navy. And so Army, Navy was a really cool game because it's the only game where everyone essentially who is playing against each other is going to serve like their country and do something honorable. Right. When you look at, you know, historical rivalries I and mean, that rivalry I mean is is old man you know it, it, it dates back pretty far so it was always an honor um to be a part of it what was really cool is they started getting really cool with the uniform combinations mm-hmm. I actually still have my old helmet I should have brought it but, um, <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun and it means a lot um if you've never been to Philadelphia during an Army Navy game it really is like a beautiful sight they're seeing a flyover um, it's definitely a tribute, you know, to our country and just patriotism as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very exciting and very, very, very serious. <laughs> so as oh, a player, yeah. you don't really enjoy anything until it's over, you know? Yeah. And, and like how you pointed out, too, it's literally the only game where the people that you are battling against, you're going to be battling with. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, very, very tough, hard-nosed, like, game, because you essentially have two uh, two very similar mentalities. I mean, it's like, like you say, like a military, you know, run-through-your-teeth type of, of game. It's very grindy. It's cold. Like, one one year, it, like, snowed and sleeted, and there was snow all over the field. I remember washing my hands after that game, and it was like pins and needles. Man. Yeah. So it's definitely a very, very tough game. So how does this rough-and-tough, very structured – you know, type of environment produce somebody who is as creative in terms of like music and also in your business adventures, how, how does that happen? Because I'm, I'm sure people, not only myself, are going to be sitting here like, okay, so he went through like this process. And at the end, it turns out, you know, he's like free forming, creative, you know, how does that happen? Yeah, so, um, you know, an ex-girlfriend of mine during my uh, my military tenure once told me, you know, Aaron, I've dated a lot of people in the military, but no one 
has struggled with conforming as much <laughs> as, as you have, right? So, so I was definitely, it took me longer, I think, than most people to get into that structure. And I say that to say I was a creative before I got into the military. I spent a lot of time, uh, my child, I grew up as only child until I was 11. So I spent a lot of time alone. I feel like, you know, I would always kind of, you know, create things, listen to music, write songs, things like that. So I was a creative before I got into the military. But what the military gave me, and it's the greatest gift, is the, it, you know, if, if you see a lot of entrepreneurs, they talk about this, this grit, right? So like Elon Musk and being an entrepreneur is like, um, you know, eating glass and staring into the abyss. Um, being, you know, a Navy football player is, and, you know, being a military officer is the same thing. It's like no sleep, no excuses, you know, no one cares, like no one's going to give you anything. And so the ability to go out and every day just fight and claw and, you know, not give up on something, not really, you know, necessarily care about what people think, but just work. Like even at our companies, we always talk about this mentality, unattachment to the outcome. You know, it's like whenever we're training for operations in the military, you know, like I love like the Spartan ethos. It's like our enemies are nameless and faceless. All that matters is what we do and whether there are highs or lows, whether, you know, we stand watch for 12 hours or no, or we get a free day. It doesn't matter. Like the work stays the same. And so I think just that ability, you know, like I don't even set alarms. Right. And I still wake up like nearly every day, 630, like getting up early, getting to it. No excuses. That grit mentality is just priceless. And, and you have an edge as an entrepreneur because creativity is given to you naturally. It's just access. Right. But after you access it, when you can pair that natural ability with that no, like, no excuse, never quit, hard work, eat nails mentality, it really does turn you into someone who can contribute a lot in terms of creative value um, you know, to society because you... You can't be stopped. I mean, in every game at the academy, I, I was undersized. You know, like no one really gave us a chance against Notre Dame. Like, and obviously, you know, we still fell up short, but it was like we really did have to, anything we wanted, we had to work harder for. Right. And that's kind of the approach I take towards everything. Yeah, you know? it, it, it creates that like chip on your shoulder, right? Which, you know, either you're born with that right? Or it's something that you, you had some adversity in your childhood that starts to form that chip. And then it just starts to build and build and build. And what it seems like too, is that structured environment that you um, became accustomed to, you know, through your time with the military and at the academy, I feel like gave you a way to mold the creativity, you know, because to me, I feel like creativity, you know, I mean, it's constantly flowing, there's no set like boundaries on it. But at some point in time, in order to sustain a business, for example, you have to kind of narrow that creativity or kind of just guide that creativity into one particular direction in order to become successful, in order to build uh, something bigger than yourself. No, yeah, a thousand percent. And I think um, it's even it's even I can see it even in the little things like even, um, you know, right here, I have like this business notebook. It says follow your own path on it. Right. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here. And I'll be on the phone and I'll get an idea and I'll write it in a schedule, like a schedule that I have for the next day. Mm-hmm. And the other day I thought about like, where did I get this concept from? And I remember first day, my first job is an incident in the military, you know, an officer, right? First day, where's your notebook? Where's your pen and paper? I was like, I don't have one. 
They said everything that you like, you need to be writing everything down and working at such a high pace because like there's corporate pace. Right. Then there's military pace and military pace is no sleep. Sometimes you're going to work. You know, you won't sleep for 15 hours, you know, 20 hours. You'll be up. You could be up doing things all day. And if you don't have things written down, you just track. So it's like those little organizational skills are like. Mm-hmm. The ability to know how to, you know, create a list and prioritize or delegate and manage or even the correct approach. Because, you know, most organizations, if you're going to be in charge of billions of dollars in assets, you're going to have to be a 10 year man. Right. But the military is like the only organization where you have a 22 year old person or excuse me, like 23, 24, 25 year old person who's responsible for millions and millions of dollars. So you can have someone who's 25 driving, you know, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment on a ship. I mean, even, you know, a lot of people, you may, may, or may, may not know this, but when we're out to sea, man, sometimes we can navigate ships that are only 200 feet apart. Right. You have someone who's 25 that's doing this. And so it's just amazing how much, you know, organizational knowledge and how much, you know, um, experience you get with being under pressure that you, mm-hmm. you just can't, you can't, it can't be coached. It can only be experienced. Right. Right. So how did this lead to you forming urban astronauts and what is the mission for urban astronauts? So uh, Ur- I always say, I wish I had a better story with how urban astronauts was formed. but my first kind of like creative thing, I used to go by an artist. I, I switched my artist name like three times. So it was like, it started off with like, Ill, you know, start off with King Flame, which is like, we're not going to talk about that. That was, <laughs> that's over. <laughs> then it went to Ill Fortune, and I had a clothing line called Illville, and the designs were just hideous, man. It was like, it was a cool concept, but creatively, it just, it didn't flow. And so one day I was sitting at my desk, I was still in the military, mm-hmm. and I was working late, so like everyone was gone, and I had, you know, the typical two monitor setup that you could drag. Yeah. And so just in my 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 free time, I call it, uh, I was playing around trying to design this, this jersey and I was kind of playing with the text that said urban on it. And my screen was an astronaut surfing um, like by a nebula star, because as a kid growing up in Houston, I was very fascinated with space. because That's in our culture, Space City. Right. And I just had a sheet of paper and I wrote it down and I wrote urban astronauts and I kept saying it over and over and over and then I just started playing around with logos and I kind of was telling like you know a friend about it and I said that's really cool so then I made a hat that I started wearing around you know kind of like the stoop hat you have you know yeah. like you know that creative thing just to kind of get it on you people just loved it. they thought it was really cool and so I, I knew I had something right but the mission of urban astronauts has always been the same um as a creative especially in the military I didn't really receive a lot of support um, in my creative endeavors. And so we aim to provide um, support for, you know, creatives and entrepreneurs, because, you know, that is what we are. We are even you, right? With this, this platform, you're a creative entrepreneur. And, you know, most of our narratives start with, I really didn't get supported at first. I didn't have the knowledge. Right. Well, now that we have the internet, you know, our goal is to teach creatives and entrepreneurs how to run businesses, how to invest properly, right? Um, giving people the fundamental knowledge, you know, how to leverage, you know, your skills, how to build business plans, how to delegate. And so we really aim to provide that support because I know for sure I did not have that for a while. 
you know, and I'm just refining it. I feel like in the past few years. So that's the mission. Yeah, no, that is something I will agree with you on that is kind of lost, right? I feel like in the beginning when people start out, even like myself, you know, it's just kind of like you're going, you're flying by the seat of your pants, right? It's kind of just like you're day to day making decisions and just like hoping that that one's going to land and, you know, produce the growth that you're looking for. And then when you start to like really hone in and like, you know, talk to like mentors uh, and listen to podcasts, read books, right. On like entrepreneurial lifestyles, how to grow a business, how to market all these things. That's when I feel like you start to attain some of that knowledge that's required to really focus in and grow in the way that you want to. Yeah. A thousand percent in a book, man. One of my favorite books that really helped me with this recently is um, by Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. And what it reinforces is like, yeah, as a creative, you have one job and that's to just create. And I think whenever we start off, at least for me, you have this thing where you're like, okay, like me, I was like, I don't want to just be an artist. I want to be the yin yang twins, or I want to be a big, like famous, you know, tons of women and money. (laughs) But I mean, you know how it is when you're like, so it's like, you know, so, um, but the war of art really emphasizes like every day you have to come and you have to work. So a lot of people miss out. They think, okay, my job as a creative is just to create, but that those days are over. Like the days of you singing in a bar and like, you know, the A the A and R for Universal walks in and sign like those days are over. Now with the invention of the internet, the introduction of the internet, you have to be self-made. You have to learn how to do, you know, marketing. You have to know how to manage, you know what I'm saying, different pages. You have to know how to do an email automated sequence. Like you have to learn these things. Right. And it's cool because we have access to those things. But I think that the days of only being able to do music or like those days are over. Yeah. And so we need to learn these things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, covering artists for, you know, over two years now, I that's one thing that is like the common theme that I like stress to these artists, especially those who are starting off. And, you know, I take the time to look into people's profiles and see if I can offer any insight or any, you know, any guidance for them. And that's one thing that I really stress is, you know, you need to establish your brand. You need to know what your brand is. And then you need to know how to then create that brand on a digital marketing space, right? Because like you said, it's no longer just about, you know, being a musician, right? And just like throwing clips up on YouTube or on Instagram, right? Or going to and performing a show and hoping that there's somebody out there who's going to see you, right? It's when people then go and search your name, it's about what they see, the presence, right? If you make it look like you're a multi-million dollar platinum album selling artist, then people are going to buy into that, right? Yeah. But if it looks like just, you know, a 2005 Facebook page that's, you know, very outdated and just like random stuff thrown everywhere, people aren't going to people aren't going to be as willing to buy in no matter how good you sound because yeah. your your appearance if you are taking it seriously, right? That's what you want people to get when they come and look at your page. No, yeah, a thousand percent. You know, I mean, you said it perfectly. It's like now we live in the age of of, of speed where it's like, you know, you get five, even like, you know, in marketing, you get five seconds uh, of a viewer's atten- attention for your website. And then after that, they don't like what they see, it's gone. And it's like, you know, I learned that the hard way because I used to really struggle. My, my music is so good. It's so diverse, you know, 
why is it that other artists, you know, are, you know, increasing? And I'm not, I didn't understand until I finally accepted, like you said, it's like, it's about more, like even Drake, he said, you know, success in music is 90% marketing and 10% artistry. Yep. And I think he showed you this with Certified Lover Boy. It's so funny because most people say, man, the album was great. My first words were the marketing plan is great. Even the fact that we're talking about it on this platform, you know, shows the genius behind that marketing plan. So, right. yeah, I mean, you, you just, you can't afford to not know everything. Right. And the, and the thing is too, you also have to admit that you don't know everything, right? And you need Absolutely. to be willing to be a sponge and just soak up as much information as you can. Even if it's like, you know, that's one thing is uh, with covering some artists too, is like, you know, when you give them constructive feedback, sometimes they get like offensive to it. And it's like, Hey, like, I'm not trying to like put you down or offend you. I'm just like letting you know, like, Hey, maybe you should be trying it this way or that way. And it's just my, my opinion. You don't have to take it, but at least be open to constructive criticism. Yeah. I think, I think um, every artist goes through a period of that where you're um, you know, it is your most personal creation because being, you know, the, the process of making a song and a video, it, it is a very intimate creative process, right? It's very deep. And so you put all this effort and this money into something that you like and someone says, hey, I don't like it. But I think most people have to ask themselves this question. It's the same thing I ask myself in business. Okay, what is the goal? Right. Is the goal for you to like it or for other people to like it? Like even with No Shade, I didn't even really like that song that much. Like that was not my favorite song project but it's like it really catches the ears of female listeners so it's like i had to realize okay which pro you know which song are we gonna shoot the first video for, for that album it's like well no shade because that's the one the people like most and right. no matter what we say like as artists we don't make music for ourselves at least we shouldn't be we should be making it for others and for women mm -hmm. and i don't say that to compromise myself because i know there's a whole group of people who say well no like, I don't care what other people think. I don't care who listens to my music. It's all about what I create. But it's like, yeah, but that, like, that's not, that's not true, right? Because right. why would you put it out then if it was only for you and make music and sit in the room and listen to yourself? So it's like, we have to understand as artists, you know, we are mediums for energy to flow through us. And when we put it out, it needs to be in a way where, you know, we can get it in front of as many people as possible without compromising ourselves. So when right. someone gives a critique, you don't have to take it. But, but, but my thing is, is if it's constructive. So if you say something like, hey, you know, it needs to be mixed better. Okay, that's something that, you know, we should take into consideration. Or the quality could be better. Right. Or your flow could be better. You're saying too many words at once. These are things as artists we have to understand. Those people who criticize you constructively care about your music. And they're trying to help you. Right, exactly. You know? and, and the best way to do that, man, is go and, you know, instead of showing it to all your friends, go give it to, to someone who, who, who you know who really has a refined ear. I have like that and they'll tell you the truth and, and you have to listen to it if, if it's the truth whether you like it or not right now you're also the co-owner of the gold nova investment group and then days of the summer fashion dropship automate and the marketing department chair of the 2022 naval academy diversity conference wow you handle a lot of things Aaron. does this at sometimes get overwhelming and, you know, where do you find, like, the time and the drive to handle all of your responsibilities? So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the first thing is, once again, it's understanding how systems work. So we talk about 
you know, systems thinking, which is a term every business owner should know. Um, you can be the face of things and control the, you know, the, the agenda of things, but you don't have to do all the work for things. And that was something that took me a long time to understand. So I'll give you an example. Uh, I just booked um, a flight for me and a business partner of mine in Houston to go up for our Gold, Gold Nova Investment Group. It is a, it's a, a real estate holdings company. So, you know, we're about to start purchasing Airbnbs with, um, you know, people who are interested in taking their money and putting it into Airbnb because that's the market that we like. Okay. Um, and so for me, I kind of, you know, set up the infrastructure, but I'm not responsible for building it out. Gotcha. So once you master delegation, and you kind of understand how systems work, mm -hmm. it gives you the ability to, to, to manage your time better. But then also, like I say, man, just understanding priorities, right? You don't have to get a ton of things done every day. It isn't like every single day I'm just like working 24-7. I even tell people like the, the entrepreneur overwork mentality is the wrong mentality. Mm -hmm. You should be working to systemize, to delegate, to be right. a time saver. Right. But the biggest thing, man, is just systems, delegation and prioritizing, you know, and making deadlines for things, understanding like, hey, things have to be due this day, you know. But I will say it is it is a lot. And, um, you know, here I think I'll start to kind of hone in um, and kind of zone in more on certain markets than others uh, here pretty soon. So, yeah. So you're born and raised in Houston. Right. So talk to me a little bit about the Houston music scene as somebody who's not familiar with it. Right. Like who are like the big name artists that have made it? And then also to like what genre of music is Houston known for? Right. Like when people think of Pittsburgh, they probably think of Wiz Khalifa. They think of Mac Miller. And then they also like think of like trap. Right. Pittsburgh trap sound. So what is Houston? So Houston has changed quite a bit. So back in the day, man, when I was growing up, uh, the heavy hitters was like, you know, Slim Thug, um, you know, guy by the name of Lil Kiki. They called themselves like the screwed up clique. Paul Wall, you know, Chameleon there, Mike Jones, um, you know, Bun B, Pimp C. These are all names that really found, you know, relevance. Like I remember seeing Paul Wall on, on the Grill song <laughs> with, with Nelly. And that was like a big yeah. moment. Paul Wall is like a very um, underground rapper. But everything kind of spurns from... Uh, what we call, you know, screwed up music, right? Which is like, you know, screwed up click. A guy by the name of a DJ Screw is called Chopped and Screwed Music, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're really big on like, you know, a lot of, um, you know, very, very kind of slow, you know what I'm saying? Deep voice music. Like I was actually, I had a friend over um, and, you know, he was, he's from like Maryland. And he was like, what kind of music? Or he asked me this, he said, how come we see like a, uh, you know, older cars like 1965 Cutlasses and stuff, and they have these big rims that kind of like eject out the side. And I was like, oh yeah, you're talking about elbows. And he had no idea, you know, about like our, our car culture. He was legitimately confused. But Houston definitely has a very special um, music culture. Like Chopper Screw music is very near and dear. And everyone here that's from Houston listens to it. Sometimes we're like, you know, we don't even know what we like so much about it, but it's just kind of our thing. <laughs> um, and even, you know, most people don't know, like Drake, right? He right. was discovered by, by, you know what I'm saying, Jay Prince in Houston. Mm -hmm. So our music culture is very, very full. I'd say the biggest artist out now, obviously Beyonce is from Houston, right. but I would say Travis Scott, he actually had his own sandwich out here with McDonald's. 
-hmm. and then Megan the Stallion, who actually went to Pearland High School, which is the high school I went to as a freshman, basically. But okay. um, and then she has a joint deal coming out with Popeyes on the sandwich. So I would say Megan the Stallion, Travis Scott, and obviously you know Beyonce still doing her thing. So she's right. used to it, yeah. So how would your music, like your sound, compare to the Houston sound? So for me, um, I'm very different and I actually pride myself in my ability to be diverse, as you know what I'm saying, y'all will see this shortly. So for me, man, I've traveled, like, you know, I lived in Rhode Island for a year, lived in Annapolis for four years, lived in Virginia Beach, you know, I've traveled to different islands and stuff like that, you know, moved back to Houston. Right. So I have the ability, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, sh a shape shifter when it comes to music. So you guys will see, I can hop on an Afro beats, you know, um, genre, I can float to full R&B, I can float to soul, I can float to hip hop, I can mm -hmm. float to trap. So uniquely enough, um, you know, I do like to play around with, uh, you know, chocolate screw samples and stuff like that here and there. But I'm really a very diverse artist. I mean, I consider myself to be, you know, um, someone who, who is really good at just music theory in general. I mean, I love listening to music directing sessions. I remember even for two weeks, like Maddie sent in a version of her song. And by the time our team was done with it, like the last version of two weeks, if I brought her on, she would say it sounded nothing like what it was originally supposed to sound like. So um, I'm definitely very diverse. I have some Houston, you know, samples in me, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, a, a specific Houston sounding artist. I think I'm very diverse. Yeah, for sure. Well, what do you say we go ahead and sample some of your music for the audience? Let's do it, y'all. Let's sample it. Let's go. Alrighty, give me one second here to share my screen with them. Yeah, well, whole squad wildin' in my section. Mind open, searching for connection. I got that recipe, it's not perfection. But you close, I've been lurking on the intersection. Yeah, buddy, and she talking what she never been. Big fro, big city, take you anywhere. Sky boy, sky high, say she needs some help. Space city, space shuttle, I can take it there. Yeah, but only if your friends is rolling. City slow down, baby, check the motion. Flow so wavy, girl, just check the ocean. Never gonna divide her, so don't check the quotient. Gotta know it, loving when she taking over. Baby, not a star, she's a supernova. Got me feeling lucky, she's a four leaf clover. Gotta show I need closure. So don't be afraid. I need you to stay. I need to see everything that we could ever be. Can't make no mistakes. I need you to say. That you want me to, baby, just don't throw me no shame So go faster, go slower I need you, come over Go higher, go lower I want you, come closer Go faster, go slower Go higher, go lower Yeah, baby, just don't throw me no shame Hey, hey, first two when she's still neglected. Yeah. Moving forward, but she's still protected. Let's reverse and take a new direction. Bad and bougie, but she interested. Smile too bright, now she asking questions. Yeah, like what you doing, why you here, and where you from, and who you know, and what you want, and all you done. Yeah, I just play it off and keep her guessing. Whoa, what I've been thinking. Yeah, hey, what you drinking, you should tell somebody. 
Maybe take a seat, but I can't cause the music got me Take a double to the after party Baby, just don't tell nobody Late night Instagram stories, girl, no paparazzi Yeah, I know you nervous, let me leave Girl, I got you, watch me do you copy So don't be afraid I need you to stay I need to see everything that we could ever be Can't make no mistakes I need you to say That you want me to, baby Just don't throw me no shame So go faster, go slower I need you, come over Go higher, go lower I want you, come closer Go faster, go slower Go higher, go lower Yeah, Baby, just don't throw me no shame Aaron, you totally get it, man. It's not just <laughs> about the music. It's about the aesthetics as well. Your videographer yeah, totally killed that. No, it was, uh, that, that was, man, like, so that's actually an issue we discussed as a team because I'm not going to make any spoilers, but we have a song and the concept takes, we are very detailed with like, like you'll see even in like next videos, we're very detailed with the aesthetics Right. And sometimes that slows us down. Like my goal for this year, for instance, is like, hey, you know, I want to release six music videos. Mm -hmm. Well, it takes so much planning. You know, like you just see, you know, like the shots, but it's like you right. look even, like you can tell that was an all day shoot, right? You have like daytime shots, nighttime shots, you have the party shots, you know, the DJ had to be set up, all the scenes had to be scripted, my part, my part. So our shoots are very detailed. So we're, mm -hmm. we're really working on um, increasing speed without sacrificing efficiency. And that's like our new challenge. But no, it, that, that was a lot of fun to shoot that. Yeah, no, it was a, a beautiful, a beautiful video. The the scene in the back of the city, right, paired with like the slow, like methodic kind of beat that you got going on, it, it, it really played really well together. Yeah, well, yeah, no, definitely. It was uh, a ton of fun to shoot, for sure. Yeah. So what do you say we also show the audience then two weeks? So I was thinking, I know that people want to see more of a, a Houston sound. So I was like, hold it down. You asked how Houston influenced me. So I wanted to show a little bit of that. So we can do hold it down next. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, and I ain't perfect, but I'm cutting close. Them expectations got me chasing grades like on the rolls. Whole squad good, I swear we always do the most. My folks love me, so you know I gotta keep them close. Hey, yeah, them skyscrapers on my head, rest every Sunday. And sky high till my struggles keep them on the runway. Hey, life hard, but I'm thankful today. Poor a little more way for them good times we had to make. And I've been traveling the south to the shy. Big dreams on my stratus, fill my head in the sky. Yeah, I've been dreaming elevation, but it's safe for the ride. Moving mountains, but we always get by. I know that we gon' provide. These greenbacks is a science too, I feel like Bill Nye. Paper planes, so them dreams never die. Keep my mind open wide. Blessings coming in, can't wait for the times. The story tell itself, I just testify. Hey, yeah, yeah.
post war with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. All love with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. Post war with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. All love with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. A whole lot of dudes in this game chasing after fame, but I think that shit is lame. Only trust my gang, kinda strange. How these suckers change once I bought the range. First class in every plane, Gucci gold tinted frames. Dripping like it's rain, steady switching lanes. Got a trunk full of bang, pink diamonds on my chain. Sipping champagne with a chick from Brisbane. Never live to maintain, like a king I reign. Always, always look for ways to gain, even if I seem insane. There's a genius in my brain, ice all up in my veins. Might take a trip to Spain, too blessed to complain. And I barely even try, all these haters do is strength. And my pockets on remain, and I'm swaggy but they plain. And I'm lit like you, tame haters, man, and I'm the one to yeah, these dudes all in my lane. I just try to do my thing, but they know that I'm the goat. I can prove it with these rings. Post war with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. All love with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. Post war with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. All love with me every time I come around. Always hold it down, gotta hold it down. No, I hold it down. Again, Aaron, you nailed it in terms of the aesthetics. Talk to me a little bit about this warehouse because there are some freaking dope ass portraits there. Yeah, so so Houston man has an enormous like graffiti culture. So if I was to take you like if you came down here and we just drove around, mm-hmm. you literally will see graffiti art murals everywhere. And so that's actually a warehouse museum that is literally just an entire warehouse painted like every ounce of it is painted with graffiti. Um, and so we have a few of those, but that building was cool. We rented out that entire space. Mm-hmm. goes back to the speed efficiency thing, like getting right. all the extras there, you know, even like the cars and stuff, like getting all that set up, you know, having Max, who that's actually my business partner, uh, okay. you know, believe it or not, yeah, but having him, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, his shots, you know, the models and artists in there, like, right. it's very intricate, but, um, but no, man, we really wanted to get, like, just talk about how Houston inspired like that music, man, like graffiti, that art is a very big part of Houston that you would only know if you lived here. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely fits the vibe of not only just as music video, but just you and your company as well, right? Just as like, you know, burst of creativity, everything down from the sets to the cars to the background, everything, the, the clothing, like, again, you nailed it. Attention to detail is definitely a, a, a something that you definitely have nailed. Yeah, well, thank you, man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you, you might have picked up, I'll give you an example. Even, I don't know if you saw the astronaut sign in the background. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you, is that like, did you have a, a muralist do that for you? No, so I did that myself. But like, like, uh, yeah, just so we, we have a few different logos. You have like three or four of them, but that's one of them, just astronauts in that font. Yeah. Um, and on the back of like our hoodies and stuff, it says astronauts like on the back. And so on. Um, but that sign alone, like just to give you, it's like that sign, I had to literally go like sit down with like a sign printer. And that was like $120 just for that sign for like 
one shoot. So right. we had that time, and that, that was big. that's an important part to me because I was like, man, like I saw that mural, and I was like, it'd be cool to have. Eventually, initially, I wanted to have two girls holding a flag mm-hmm. with the astronauts thing and me rapping in front of it, but the shot was not. I couldn't condense it enough to make it make sense. Gotcha. So that turned into like a sign. Yeah. But just to kind of go through, you know, those little things matter a lot to me because it's like it's just so important that every second of that shoot is, is there's some sort of something you're getting, right? You know, and I'm very, I'm, I'm really a pain. I feel sorry for my videographers for really, <laughs> I'm a pain in the editing process. Dude, I'm bad. I'm like, I don't like, you know, I literally would go through the whole video and write out a list. Yeah. Two, you know, two minutes, eight seconds to two minutes and eleven seconds. Swap this with with the B roll footage, and I'll go through and watch all the clips for B roll and write them all. So I'm, I'm very angry about that process. Well, you have to be right. How we talked about earlier, it's important to understand what your brand is and then how to market that brand efficiently in order to grow. And I think that's something that you truly have the knowledge and the the experience doing, and it's definitely showcasing here in your work. Yeah, and you know, just for because, um, like I said, I mean, I remember being very sad about this. I was like, man, I spent so much time on quality. I was like, man, but you know, maybe I should allocate things, you know, to other things and focus on marketing. And for me, man, because music is so timeless, mm-hmm. you never know when your moment's gonna come. Right. And for me, as an artist, when you come to my videos, and you know, we have four videos of like, obviously, like we're shooting two videos next month and we're starting to really ramp up. Right. But like, I really do want, like what you said was perfect. I want you to come to my videos and it's like, this today could be like a mainstream video and no one will be able to tell the difference. And if you have to slow down, like, or, you know, whatever to do that, it's important, man. Cause like you said, when people come, you know, they're looking at you as a person, they're looking at your brand and what they see is what they're going to perceive, you know? Right. So to hear you say that, and I appreciate that. Cause you know, a lot of work, Man, if I, I mean, I'm sure you know even with you know the show, but a lot of work goes into those little subtle, subtle things. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. even shot in no shade when you see the four girls standing there. We had to set up like how they're all sitting at different levels. Yeah. That was literally us said, "Hey, you stand right here. You turn your head this way. You, you know, what I'm saying like right. that's all intricate. It's all work. You know. Absolutely. But it's cool. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, hey, I thank you so much for stopping by the soup today. Why don't you go ahead and give yourself a shout out? That way people know where to find you, get in touch with you, and then also where to find your music. Yeah, man. So um, you guys can follow me right at Trill underscore Columbus. Um, I really do post like my lifestyle, my music, everything like that. And, uh, you know, here lately, I give it to everybody raw. So you know, I, I show you all my real lifestyle, real time, you know, no matter what I'm doing. So Trill, T-R-I-L-L underscore Columbus. Trill is another Houston term. Um, and for my music, y'all, if y'all go to my Instagram, right, uh, there's a, a link to my brand new video called Two Weeks. And in that description, you guys can access my album, First Day in Paradise, the Two Weeks track. And I'll be releasing a bunch of new music um, in the next few months also, man. So I love y'all and I appreciate, you know what I'm saying, you, man, for having me on the show. Uh, let's keep pushing creativity and keep working, man. You know, it's awesome to be here. Absolutely, Aaron. Again, thank you so much for stopping by the stoop and taking the time out of your day to talk with me and about your music career and all the endeavors that you are pursuing. I am definitely going to keep a close eye on you and I wish you nothing but the utmost uh, respect and success. All right, man. Have a good day, bro. Appreciate it. Alrighty. You too, man. 
Again, this is your host, Mike Pernice, signing off from Legends of the Stoop. Make sure to tune into our website at www.legendsofthestoop.com to get the latest information on episodes and when we will be booking our next benefit concert. Again, this is your host, Mike Pernice, signing off. Thank you.